Welcome to the Make Moves podcast. I'm your host, Jess. Conversations with entrepreneurs, health and fitness experts, beauty and wellness gurus. We're talking about all the things that make us human. Let's get right into it. Dana, hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Virtually, unfortunately, not in person, but one day, make it easier. I know. Um, I just want to say right off the bat that even though we've we've only ever met virtually, I you have an electric energy about you. Like even over Zoom, I can (laughs) feel it. I can like totally feel it. I appreciate Um, that. It's just it's like super inspiring. It like draws me in. I, I absolutely love it. Where do you like, how do you have that energy? Oh, um, that's a very good question. And so I will start with life is not easy at all. And things get thrown at you in so many directions and we all get flustered this. And there's like times I sit back and I'm like, honestly, I'm not like saving lives. Like there's a solution to every problem and me worrying is only hurting me. So I don't want my worry to ever, you know, it's like killing me inside. And then at the same time, if I'm around other people, it's going to bring them down. But at the same time, it's you don't like to internalize things. So it's, you know, have your outlets of whether it's like reading a book, just like getting off your phone for like the rest of the day or just like going on a run. It's kind of just using mechanisms like that to maintain like that happy, like, I guess, happy energy is what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's Taking you care know, of you, taking care of it, yourself. Yeah, and that way exactly. you, can, you can be the best for others. Yeah. It, it, that's it. And I guess going into that, it's kind of like like feel your emotions there are so many times Mm -hmm. where I'm just like I suppress so much and that's part of like that worrying concept it's only hurting me so it's like sometimes I'll sit it's like okay let me sit with being upset let me sit with being sad give it an hour give it as long as I need and then when you give yourself that time to feel those emotions you'll end up realizing it's done and over with like you're not harboring on it for like the next day or whatever it might be but it takes like a lot of mental training. It's not stuff oh that happens gosh, overnight. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, <laughs> but eventually it gets there. And it all eventually translate into this happy-go-lucky energy. And it's, I live by this, and I swear, like my friends are going to say, it's like literally the concept of protecting your peace. Oh, Only do yes. like, protect your peace. Anything that ruins your peace, kick it to the curb. And I always, um, I you know, God sends you what he let you release. And so it's, that's like one of the other things I love. It's like sometimes we hold on to these things that we're actually meant to let go of. And then the moment you mm-hmm. let go of it, you realize I'm so at peace. So um, I don't know. It's, there's so many things. It's, it's like things are just like letting go and not harboring on things and just realizing that every problem has a solution. And even if people tell you, no, there is not, trust me, there is. There, there really is. is. Yeah. Yes, there is. So. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully I answered You're just your question. <laughs> starting out so strong. I love it. All of that, 100%. One thing that 
bothers me a little bit in this day and age is I feel like there's like, yes, we have to talk about that and promote those ideas. But at the same time on social media, it's almost like everyone's pushing that, like protect your peace, do these things. But it's like, are you actually doing them? You know what I mean? Like the reel looks really nice and, and curated and the text and the music all look great. But if, if you're not actually doing the things, if you're not actually taking the moments to feel your feelings or going for a walk to kind of like get out that negative energy, you kind of miss out on the actual, like you're not actually doing it. So how are there things that you actually do to sort of like combat any of the negativity? Oof. Yeah. I mean, I can, I'll go, I'll be pretty raw in this. And like, I think that every person should have an outlet for Mm -hmm. someone to speak to, like whether you have that best friend you can trust with your life, whether it's going to your mom or your dad or your sister, or if it's like a professional, like a therapist, whatever it might be. I think having like someone to talk to is so important. I think that is one of the best outlets because sometimes you need that like mental check and, you know, hopefully the people that you go to, they're also putting you in your place of like, actually the way you're feeling like is normal, but you know, why like kind of goes in deeper. So that's, you know, one way of thinking about it. And then that should translate into taking that run, reading that book, journaling, um, but I think like the biggest thing is really finding the right outlet for every person. Maybe, you know, talking to someone isn't the best outlet for someone. Maybe a lot of people think it's like breaking their boundaries and like, um, you know, they don't want to share certain things, but they, it's really finding the right outlet for you in the healthy outlet. I think um, you made a good point of saying like, okay, people are saying do this, do this, but you know, are people actually doing it? Um I think what people sometimes forget is that you can, you know, read the book, you can write the notes, you can go on that walk, you can do that workout class. But sometimes like people need a deep, like something a little bit deeper. Yeah. And, you know, you can follow your favorite wellness influencer. That might work for them, but you have to find out what works for you. That's also very important. Everyone, you know, health is different. Everyone's experiences are different. So, you know, talking to a professional might work for this person, but it might not work for this person. Journaling might help this person, but, you know, someone else might need something else. So that's also something people need to keep in mind when they are looking for like, okay, how can I get out of this funk? Instead of just like immediate, like watching that reel or like, reading that like article, it's like actually going a little bit deeper and experiment on what works for you. So that's like kind of how I would say to go about that. I love that. I mean, yeah, yeah, so true. It's, it's just like anything else. It's just like with food with or diet and exercise, like you have to find what works for you so that you can implement the right things that actually work and not just whatever someone else is telling you to do because every body is different everyone's heart is different everyone's mind is different 
So totally, totally agree with that. I'm guessing you kind of like talk it out with friends, with family members, Yeah, things like that. I yeah, I have I have good friends. I have and then there's like certain people I'd go to and you know, it's it's trust is not an easy thing for me. And um I would consider it's funny, sometimes I would consider myself a little bit of a private person, but there's that those people where you feel so raw, where you can literally just let go and and that's so important. And um I'm like a very big advocate for people or like situations of like wanting to go to therapy. Everyone's journey is like very private, but I think having a professional outlet is also very important. I mean, I, you know, you brought up the whole food thing. I've struggled with like food for like almost like half my life, which is like very crazy. And it's not, it wasn't actually until I've gotten older until I'm like, okay, this is like kind of messed up and I need to like figure it out. And um, it's, and like you said, it's like things that work for other people didn't necessarily work for me. And it was, um, it kind of like took over my life. And part of that was like, you know, OCD or and certain other things. And, you know, those are situations that your friends can't help you with. They can like help you, like they can be there for you and like, you know, maybe, you know, be by your side, but that's not what they're that's not their job. They don't know the right mechanisms or tools. So that's kind of when you should go to someone who's at like, you know, higher professionalism than your best friend, I guess you can say. Yeah. 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 I think that that subject in and of itself, I mean, we could, we could potentially dive deeper into it later on if we want, but I, I think since I was 14, 13, 14, and until only a couple of years, maybe in the last couple of years, was I able to like figure out that relationship with food. And you're so right. It's not necessarily the thing to go to your friend about, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like figuring out the right, again, figuring out the right modality that works for you and that you feel safe and comfortable with to kind of get through that. Um, Switching gears just a little bit. I love how we started out like so deep, but I want people to know what you do, what you've been working on. So can you tell us about the sidelines? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, And I know I feel like we came off strong off the bat, but I think it's really (laughs) like, I mean, we had you as one of our MVPs. So it's like, you know, we're pretty familiar with each other, but, you know, going off of that, um, yeah, the sidelines has been amazing. Um, myself and my co-founder Meg, we started the sidelines about a couple years ago. And as you know, it's a female founded sports and wellness newsletter. You know, we say by women for all, and we have a phenomenal team of contributors that also work. Um, we work together and, you know, it's crazy because we all have our other full-time jobs, but yet we're all still dedicated with like building and contributing to the sidelines. And really the mission and the goal behind it is to highlight female founders, female entrepreneurs, and, you know, under like kind of really started on the like niche of like, there's not enough coverage on females in sports in general, whether it's the low numbers of female journalists, the feet, like low numbers of female reporters and the low numbers of basically female coverage. Like, you'll have men covering the WNBA or like, you know, in, 
it's like, but why are they necessarily just talking about it? Why? Because like, it's such a male dominant industry. Yes. But there's also women that are actually interested in sports. It's that, you know, it's just like that boys club, but it's like, actually, yeah. no, there's women that are into it, whether people are forgetting that half the NBA execs are like women that are basically making the stuff happen. It's incredible. And, you know, it's great to see so much progress that's been happening. You're having so many female coaches come to light. You're seeing so many female athletes getting the recognition they deserve. And it's great. So um, that's kind of, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we started it. And then we, trans we kind of transformed a little bit into incorporating like lifestyle and wellness post COVID because we noticed such a rise in female founders Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, whether it was like the rise of female, you know, health influencers, um, you know, fitness instructors. And it was incredible because they took COVID, which was such a dark time and brought some light to it, whether it's making their workouts more virtual so people were still able to move their body or just giving health tips, you know, to people virtually. And that's incredible. So, I mean, it's something that we're continuing to grow, grow our numbers on social, grow the numbers of subscribers and just continue to partner with like great brands and great individuals like you in our MVP series, which I have launched. I love doing It's As you know, we feature like female founders and not just female founders. Like, one of our next MVPs coming out, he actually created silk pillowcases and he kind of started it after mm-hmm. seeing his sister struggle with like, um, she was like a little skincare issues and like he was like you know what she inspired me to create this and it's it's literally acne fighting pillowcases so our next mvp that's coming out that's kind of you know how it all started and um it's like great it's just now it's a kind of also just featuring and interviewing people that are kind of transforming like the wellness in sports industry in general And, you know, we're grateful. There's really not an outlet like that out there yet. So this MVP MVP series is, like, very important to me. And um, I know the rest of our team. So it's been great. And, you know, day by day we're growing it. As you know, like, starting any company and any idea is not easy. So, you know, we're just in the process and, you know, going to keep it going, keep the ball rolling. So I love it. Yeah. I have so many questions. Um, why a newsletter like whenever you or can you can you talk us through you and your co-founder kind of ideating and like the actual start yeah of course well meg is phenomenal she's incredible so she i would say i'm more of like business groundwork like connecting whatever and she is really social editorial and us together I think our phenomenal team, we kind of, I have strengths that she might not, and she has strengths that I do not have. So it works out great in our team of contributors. Like we all are very collaborative. And I think that's also so important as well. Oh, yeah. um, How did you guys meet? So we actually interned together back in the summer of 2018 at Bustle Digital Media Group. And we stayed friends mm-hmm. ever since. So, um, and we were at dinner and we, I, I like shot out the idea of like, why don't we start something? So we were like brainstorming and um, we landed on this, like, okay, what's an untapped market? And it was basically women in sports. And so we were able to sit down with an individual um, 
he's a founder of a great digital conglomerate. Um, and we kind of told him our idea and he's like, this is amazing, but don't start it as a website, launch it as a newsletter and then come back to me in a few years and let me know how it's doing. And so we're like, wait, that's incredible. So we kind of slotted like the idea of launching as a website and kicked it off as a newsletter, which made so much sense because it's so much more digestible. And I think eventually we would like to build a website where, you know, these newsletters sit and, you know, you can reread certain interviews and reread certain articles. But right now having a newsletter is like very digestible that comes out weekly that like kind of caters, like it's by women, but you know, really for all, it's like, you know, they say, who's your audience? It's for that girl that does Pilates three times a week, but is on a date with her boyfriend or like going on a date. And the guy is like talking about sports. She's like, Oh my God, I read about that in the sidelines. Here it is. Or it's for like that guy that he's into sports, but not as much as his bros are. And he wants like know who to pick for like his next like NFL league or whatever. And um, he'll be like, okay, well, I noticed that in the sidelines. So like that, you know what I mean? So it caters to everyone or everything. So, um, you know, that's, and so when we realized like, wow, actually newsletter is so much more digestible. And, you know, for us starting off new, it was really great. And it was easy. I wouldn't say it's easy to put out, but it's more of like, um, it's how to organize content. A newsletter is a great platform to start at. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And to build your base is great. Oh yeah. And it's, it's a free, like you're putting out free information yeah. and that is like the number one tip that I, I hear all the time. And I know so many people follow, like if you want to start something, you got to like kind of test it and like give, you know, give out exactly. free samples so that people can start like, like you're saying, digesting it and, um, interacting with it and, giving you feedback, but then you can also like then start to take those numbers and be like, okay, what's working, what maybe isn't working, like looking at the analytics. And then when you do your next, whatever your, ne your next move is, you yeah. kind of have like the data, right. To like, mm -hmm. um, to go forward. So I love that. Why? So was it just like, you were kind of examining all the markets and you're just like women's sports is is untapped do you guys have any do either of you have like any big draws to that market I think well more of like I'm very health and wellness and yeah. I actually um love that like I played funny I'm not really a huge athlete I'll be very honest but I did play basketball um growing up and I was like I'm into the like I love watching NBA games I can watch the NFL those are probably my two favorite sports to watch so I get it I understand it Meg, on the other hand, very into baseball, very into tennis. Mm. So we had a familiarity with the sports industry in general. It's not something like a concept that we were never interested in or like didn't know anything about. That was also very important. It's like we weren't too clueless, you know, individuals going into sports. We knew enough to start something. And more importantly, you need the knowledge of kind of how you start a business. And it's, yeah. you know, going into that business mindset, it's like, okay, so what like what's not out there yet. And that's really how it kind of pushed into it. And it's also women in sports, also really not out there. So it's that industry. And then when I had mentioned prior, it's like post COVID, okay, let's start incorporating wellness into an app. Let's start like, you know, wellness lifestyle because you're seeing such an increase. You kind of have to 
you know, and I think any business owner in any industry understands it's like you got to move with the trends a little bit, never like shift the base of your company or why you started, but sometimes like alter it a little bit to move with the time is the best way to frame it. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You, you have to, otherwise there's 800 other, other brands or companies like waiting in line to take your spot. You're so right. Um, how has it been since you guys kind of started it? And like, I think one thing I know is, is when you have a co-founder, it honestly, as long as, you know, you get along very well like it really keeps you motivated i found like a lot of the times um if one person is kind of feeling like they're kind of losing steam like the other person picks you up it keeps you really accountable um how have you found like working with another co-founder to be um i am fortunate enough where meg is a very important person in my life so like she's like a good friend of mine and I would not be able to necessarily do this without her it's not that I wouldn't it's like I just don't want to because she is she's really great at what she does and I think how you can maintain a healthy relationship with your co-founder is respect each other's lives outside of what you are trying to build and be understanding um, like, I think that's just so important. Also just being human and just remembering that at the core of this is a friendship. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, nothing is easy. Um, and it's, you have to lay down boundaries and that's something with any friendship. You're like, okay, I have to lay down a boundary, but I don't want the other person to get offended, whatever. Yeah. That's very important and everyone I think needs to do. Um, So I would say laying down boundaries and also having respect for the individual and each other's lives outside of what you're trying to build is how you can have a successful partnership with your co-founder or any other founder or shareholders in anything that you were trying to build. Um, yeah, I think respect is a huge thing. Respect yeah. and like communication and knowing like, look, she also has a full-time job outside of what it's at. I have a full-time job. I also was in grad school and doing my full-time job in the sidelines and she understood that, like vice versa, you know? So it's it's really, really important. It's also like it's leaning on each other. Yeah, yeah. it's a del- It's also, I think you're, maybe you're thinking the words enough, <laughs> but it's like a delicate line. You got to dance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I would go about it. Yeah. It's a delicate line you gotta dance. I co-founded something with my brother and I found that we would call each other and just end up talking about the, the business and we would like literally schedule in calls because we didn't live in, we don't live in the same place of like, let's just do a personal catch up because like we would end up like talking about the business all the time and not actually just talking about personal things and like getting that stuff yeah. out there. Like forgetting um, he's your brother. Not yeah. even to forgetting, but it's like that aspect of like, oh my God, this is actually my family member, like my yeah. other person. And I think like I, exactly. you know what I mean? I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned full-time job. How has that, yeah. and you were in grad school. So I was, yeah. When did you finish grad school? 
in June, actually. Oh, it was inc- I, thank you. It was um it was incredible. It was like one of the best feelings of my life. But I'm a weirdo and I love school and <laughs> I swear I would go back and I would get like my JD just for shits and giggles, just to like oh have. Gosh. But yeah, I know it would be cool. I think it's I'm one of those like it doesn't matter. I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh my god, you have this degree. It's like no. I it's my own personal wins that I love to hold dear to my heart I just like love school and I think in the end you know it means something to me I don't care I mean there's people who haven't even gone to college and are killing it in life I'm not someone that says oh you need to have a degree to get farther no not at all I just like the concept of like learning different things yeah you love Um, to learn yeah which is very weird um it's like I feel like I've been I feel like I've been in school for like so long um but uh it's been great. So in full-time job, um, I want to thank God that gray hairs does not run on my mom's side of the family, because (laughs) if it did, I would fully gray right now, but it's, um, it's, it's a lot, but it's very manageable. And I do have to say, I love the people I work with. So that makes life a little bit easier. How, you know, how do you kind of find, like, strike the right balance? Or is it, for me, a lot of the times, I'm just like, each, literally every day is so different. And I'm just <laughs> building out my day however I can to, like, make it work. Um, sometimes I, like, sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to plan out my week or the next two weeks and, like, really try to schedule everything out and then I just end up like doing whatever I can do to make it work so yeah how do you do all the things I am a huge planner and I have Mm. this one of my best friends Kendall she always makes fun of me when she sees me with like this green book I literally have an assignment notebook and if, if I lost it my life would be over um it uh and I use the calendar in my phone. I swear, I think as you get older, though, you plan your times with, like, your friends. And I always make it a point to incorporate my social life. Always. Yeah. So important. I always incorporate time to, like, shut down as well, where I'm, like, I just want to be in my bed tonight binging, like, Desperate Housewives. Like, that's what I'm going to yes. do. Like, after my workout class, like, I'm not going to go out, whatever. I'm going to shower, come home, eat my dinner at Lynn, and or, like, after my run, I will go see my girlfriends out for like a glass line or I'll go over to someone's apartment to chill. I plan those things, but in the biggest way on how I can like actually go through with them is when I leave work at work and I learned Mm -hmm. this concept. So before, you know, I was like entered you know, finance, I worked for ABC News, which was some of the best experience of my life. And I had some of the best bosses. And one of my, one of the individuals I worked for, who's one of the greatest human beings, best mentors, he said, you have to leave because, you know, we were covering some heavy things. And I remember coming home and it felt like a weight on me. And I didn't like how it made me feel. And I remember talking about it. And he's like, you ha- the moment you walk out of those doors, you let it go you have to let it go because there's nothing else you can do anymore. You can't do it anymore. So I began to slowly incorporate that. And now even coming into work, it's like the moment I leave the office doors, it's done. Like no more. And as much as like, I want to complain, let's say about this return to office, it's kind of nice. Cause like 
I can stay in the office and do whatever I have to do, no matter how, like the moment I'm out of those doors, it's no more. It's yeah. like kind of out of my mind, like out of sight, out of mind. And it's a great feeling. Um, and then that also gives me the mental space to actually do the things I wanted to do to relax and decompress, whether it's going out to see my friends or doing my workouts. And part of all that planning is like, I really try to get at least 30 minutes of movement a day. And it's not yeah. just for like, like getting fit or whatever. It's literally just for my brain to talk, whether it's walking 30 minutes, like incline on the treadmill, I'll do it. It's just, or like doing a workout video in my apartment with my yoga bed. It's giving myself at least those 30 minutes of just shutting down completely. And like my brain is just focusing on like that workout and that movement in that time. So that's like the best way I can say to put it to get those things. I was going to, that was going to be what I wanted to ask was like, what, what is your current workout routine? Ooh, I kind of love this question. So I have been loving um, SLT. It's like one of my favorite things. And um, I'm also a runner. I love to Mm. run. And it's just running for me. I'll put my AirPods in and just, I swear, I'll turn off the whole world. And especially when it's nice out and I can run like by the river, it's just like it's literally one of the most peaceful experiences ever yeah. for me. So um, it's I kind of do a mix of workout classes and running. And my workout classes will consist of core power. I love hot yoga, even yeah. like Bikram yoga. Like you could put me in a sauna for an hour in 100 degrees. I'll thrive. Like I love my life. Like I can deal <laughs> with that. Um, and then uh, SLT. But like I had mentioned before, Sometimes when I'm just like beat, like literally beat, and I barely got to eat like a normal amount of food because I'm like so stressed, um, I will just do a 30-minute like workout video uh, at home, like on my TV, and and it's great. So, um, yeah, but mainly just like running and like workout classes is like my go-to as of like for like a couple months now. It's so – like what you were saying earlier – I loved what you, the wording you used about it being a brain detox. Like, it's so Mm -hmm. true. I actually was talking to someone else about this recently, but I think we, a lot of us will like attach working out with our body image or our self-esteem or like if you don't get in that workout, like you feel you know, you guilt trip yourself, you feel bad about yourself, blah, blah, blah. But if you like detach that from working out and you see it as, no, I am doing this for my mind. It doesn't matter what it makes my body look like. Like if, if it makes my, (laughs) if there's changes to my body, amazing, but it's really about how it makes you feel. And I think that is so it's such an important like mental shift and it sounds like mm-hmm. you've done that in a way that like makes having all the like full-time jobs sidelines like actually work for you yes and at the same time though i will not be a hypocrite because you mentioned something that i struggled with so before you know in the beginning of this like call we talked about like yeah. an unhealthy relationship with food 
and I'm open to talking about this now because I hope other people who are going through this can actually hear this because it is the most consuming thing in the world when you're eating something and you cannot enjoy it because you're like, oh my God, I didn't work out or I didn't work out long enough or tomorrow I'm going to have to work out harder enough so I can burn what I just ate. And I struggled with that so much. And it wasn't until, you know, a couple months that I finally built somewhat because it's still a struggle. It's never going to go away. Somewhat of a normal, healthy relationship with food where I was able to get into that mindset of, no, I'm working out because I need my mind to clear because I got 50 things on my plate. This is what I need to do. But I won't sit here and say there are moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I ate this. Like, what's Then I kind of am like, oh, wait one second. Like, I'll take a step back. Like, no, 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 it's all good. I'm allowed to eat like that drunk Taco Bell I had the other day. Like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Um, I, but it wasn't always the case. It's like, it's really, you have to train your mind. And it's, it's so, I look back, I'm like, oh my God, it breaks my own heart that I had to go through that. And the fact that I know there's other people going through that, I makes me even more upset because I don't want to say or like blame society. I, I don't want to do that. But I think sometimes society puts so much pressure on us to have this body image and it's, and it's now on the individual to reverse what society put in their mind. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, all of the, even up until I feel five years ago, all of the magazines were like plastered with women that were super skinny in, in bikinis or whatever in fashionable outfits. I mean, everything in our culture is geared towards you need to be fit, thin, or have some certain body. You need to, I mean, there's so much language, I feel like, in our generation growing up about not eating the this or that, or if you eat this, like, you're gonna, what, I don't know, there's so much to this that it, I feel like everyone really has been affected. Like every, especially women, have been super affected by yeah. by it, and it is so consuming. It it takes over your entire life. Oh my God, I'm still insane. I'm still like in a journey of healing, and I will catch myself just like what you were saying, where I'm with a bunch of friends, and we get we you know we get fries, we get cookies, whatever, like things that are maybe unhealthy. And then the next day I'm like, I go back into that mindset of like, maybe I shouldn't eat or maybe I need to work out really hard. And I have to remind myself constantly of like, no, you don't. You are just fine just the way you are. And yeah, yeah, like say all the things to like undo that wiring. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's like you said, it's still like a work in progress. Like it's nothing's ever like set in stone. Nothing's like, um, it's not over. It's, and it wasn't, yeah, it took like a year for me to realize like how bad my relationship with food was. Um, and it was like, I'm not working out 
I'm not enjoying my workouts, which was like not fun for me. It's not until re- like I'm like enjoying my workouts, so I look forward to my classes. It's great. And on top of that, it brought me into a place of like I now eat food that before I was like, oh, if I eat that, that's not good for me. It's like, no, actually, if I eat that, it's better for me to eat that. It's how it's like new, like new, yeah. like giving my body nutrition that it was actually not having. Um, so I think, yeah, it's like a whole process. It's just a big yeah. journey, and I'm I'm open to actually talking about like stuff like that because I'm still like I've overcome so much, but it's still something I'm overcoming. And if I can talk to other people who are going through it, I would love to, because I know how it can take over someone's life. It it sucks. It's absolute terror. It's the worst. It is. What do you think was the turning point? Like what made you, you kind of mentioned that like it took sort of a year, but was there like a specific moment when you were like, I maybe need to figure out what's going on? Yeah. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to talk about it. Yeah. No, you know what? It's okay. It's, I just didn't like, this is actually, it's not, it's the best. When you don't eat normally, right. It will affect your mindset a lot. And like, I'm people like, I remember would be like, I don't understand how you didn't eat lunch today and you're doing all these things. Like I'm like, I'm functioning 24 seven. And honestly, I don't sleep a lot and I wake up, but like, I don't know. I, I, it's weird. My body runs on like minimal sleep, which is probably not a good thing, but I sleep when I can, but especially like during school, it was like a lot. And I would sometimes like forget to eat or I didn't have time to eat whatever it might be. And you were like, I don't understand how that happened. And then it's really cognitive of like, oh my God, like I wouldn't like it would affect my brain. Like if I drank on an empty stomach, let's say, it was not good. Like it would affect me and it wasn't oh, yeah. a good feeling. And then like the next day you wake up terribly and like what I mean it would affect you is like your anxiety. It's not just people like, oh the Sunday scares it. No, it's like when you also suffer from like anxiety already or just like you really just didn't eat. It just affects you cognitively in so many ways. And I just like, didn't like that. Or it was um, just, I also not eating sometimes made me more of an anxious person. And I, and that was not enjoyable either. So I, um, and it's, it sucks because it's like, you know, when that food thing's, having you know OCD plays a huge role in food and like your issues with food a lot of people I don't know if a lot of people know that but it it can it could create a very unhealthy relationship with food so like you know when you don't eat properly your anxiety will increase your OCD will increase and like it's terrible it's you know oh yeah it's a cascading it's it's a cascading everything And, like, the brain is a muscle, and it truly needs to be fed with the right nutrition, I remember. And so, like, I live by that, and it's so important to also remember it. And, um, yeah, I think just realizing, like, my brain needs nutrition to actually survive so I can continue to accomplish what I need to accomplish, that's when it was, like, a turning point for me. I love – I mean – I also feel like 
like sometimes there can be one point, but sometimes it's like multiple points of like, for me, it was my boyfriend at the time, now husband being like, this is not normal for you to not be eating and to be constantly thinking that you're getting fatter or gaining weight when all you're doing is losing weight. It was like conversations like that. And then also feel, just feeling like so run down. I would do the same thing, like not sleep enough, not eat enough during the day. And I cut out so many foods. I thought like eating carbs, like couldn't eat carbs, couldn't allow myself to eat dairy like all of all of the best foods <laughs> i was like yeah no and so i just i wasn't enjoying food at all i wasn't eating anything that nutritious and my brain was like definitely suffering from that and definitely like yeah i was starving starving myself and starving my brain of like all the nutrients that it needed yeah and the funny thing is like changing my diet and eating a a lot more food than I used to and a lot healthier food. It's it's not like I gained so much weight. Like I might've, honestly, I put on a lot of muscle because <laughs> I was actually able to like create muscle for the first time because I was eating enough. And yeah, I, I agree. really- I feel like I got toner. Like I'm still, yeah. you know, my body structure, how I was, you know, built, you know, and still a tiny human being. and. I was always so afraid if I eat this, it's like, actually, no, you need to eat this. So you can actually get to the toneness that you actually want. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. think in your mind, okay, if I starve myself and I don't eat this, then no, I'm going to get to like that toneness. It's like, no, actually, how are you going to get to the toneness if you're not feeding the muscles? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I definitely understand and a hundred percent see where you're, you know, saying, and I, yeah, like I also had an individual in my life, like amazing human was, you know, would always, you know, be like, why aren't you, like, you can't do this. Like, this isn't healthy. Like you need to eat something. And those are important people in your life because they're also seeing you on the go, go, go. And they just like want the best for you. Like they want yeah. you to succeed. And they're okay. just, you know, making you more aware of things that you were suppressing where I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, no, no, we're good maybe you are the same where you're like, no, like you don't get it. You don't get it. And they actually help you open your eyes. It's like, wait, like they're right. My eating habits like do need to change because it's affecting so many other sockets of my life. Yeah. And one, so. one thing that I really, that really kind of forced me to, to, to figure it out and try to heal was realizing that the people in my life that were worried about me, like every, mm -hmm. you know, like family members that would see me being like, you really, you know, need to put on weight and stuff like that. I realized that, or friends reaching out, things like that. When I was hanging, I realized like when I was hanging out with them, I was probably stressing them out and putting them at like this position where if we go out to dinner and I eat like, <laughs> an appetizer or a salad, like barely anything, and they get a full meal or things like that. And maybe I am actually causing more harm to this relationship than if I sat down with myself and like looked deeper into what this, you know, what was going on. Um, because a lot of it comes back to like the body image stuff. I feel like it comes back to acceptance 
and respect, like wanting respect from others and from your, your own self and loving yourself and wanting love from others. And really like those people are trying to say like, Hey, I love you. I want to help you. And you're like, (laughs) you're kind of like turning them down by, you know, not sort of figuring it out and getting, yeah, trying to, trying to heal. Um, so that was a big, big point for me. No, I, I completely hear you and like get that it's, it's, you know, it wasn't until it's, it's hard. It's not easy to talk about. And sometimes like talking to other people because they look at you as such like a strong person. And I always saw it as a sign of weakness, which I hated. And I I still kind of hate it a little bit, but you know what, you come to terms with it. I'm not huge. I kind of looked at it as it like, as a failure of, I don't like to talk about my battles and I, yeah. and I eventually open up to people about like the struggles with the OCD and the battles that I can it like, it broke their heart because they're like, why couldn't you come to me sooner? It's like, because like, I feel like if I would never want, and it's like, no, if anything, it makes you stronger. So I think that also, it's not easy. It's just really in general, it's not easy to talk about these things. I know, but I think it's so, so important to talk about them because like you yeah. said, towards the beginning, there are so many people, whether they're on a healing journey yet or not, like that need to, to hear that other people are feeling this. Yeah. It's so important. Have you been able to, um, I don't know, talk with anyone through the sidelines or, you know, do you know of any maybe athletes or anyone that you've interviewed that has given you any sort of insight on this? Um, There hasn't been anyone in particular. Um, Our last MVP, she, she's like, not the one we just had, it was the one prior to her. Um, She's incredible. She kind of, in her interview, she mentioned a little bit of like how she had struggled her whole life with her weight, whatever, and how she started weightlifting. And how, like, you know, the stigma behind weightlifting was, like, getting bulky. And then she's like, yeah. no, it shifted. And, you know, you make a really good point because it's such a great angle. Kind of seeing, like, more of the mental health it, that comes around it. Um, there is, you know, we're working. I have a call with them in uh, next week. Hopefully it goes through. There are two guys. They're in the mental health sector of sports. So they mm-hmm. actually help athletes with mental health and it's incredible. So this is something I would, you know, love to propose to them of like, you know, you know, are there, you know, does the food issue ever come up with athletes? How do they, you know, battle eating disorders? I mean, it's, I also hate the word eating disorders. That was also something that always triggered me. And they're like, you know, someone, it's like, you know what, call it as it is, but just don't label it. I hate that term. And yeah. I, it breaks my heart for other people who go through that situation on more severe levels because, you know, when you give someone the stigma of like, oh, they have an eating disorder, everyone's mind shifts and goes crazy. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I'm such a, you know, you'll never hear me or see me comment on someone's weight, how they look, if they lost weight or if they gain weight. And if anyone says anything, <laughs> I'll is... put it down so fast because I think it's the most 
toxic garbage behavior anyone could ever put out there. And trust me, that is as one as a someone who's suffered it to another, like I know that that's like in our code where like we know that commenting on other people's visual appearance, especially in regards to their weight is never going to be a good thing. Like I, I'm the exact same way. I, even if, even if someone lost weight and they, I don't know, like they were severely overweight or something, I'm still, unless they, unless the person talks about it first, I never, never touch it. So true. Sorry, I cut in, but I just want to say like, I do feel like there's a code. (laughs) No, I completely agree. I completely agree. And you know, if I'm ever, let's say, worried about someone, I'll talk to them in private about it on the side. Yeah. I would never do it in a group setting. I would, it, there's just so many things because I feel for them. I feel it. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, um, and not leading with crazy. the way I, I try to do it and how I like to be approached with it is not necessarily asking about the physical things. But just, you know, are, you know, is everything, is everything okay? Do you, you know, do you want to talk about anything and just kind of leaving it more open-ended because I feel like bring, you know, again, just pointing it out is, it's tough. It's tough. Um, tough. One thing I did want to ask to go back for a second, you were talking about labeling and being labeled like as having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I, I also just want to echo that, like, putting that label on someone, it's just the same as calling someone an alcoholic. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a problem that should be solved. But a lot of times when we label someone, then it's like they have that forever. They're, you know, it's incurable. And as we know <laughs> from tons of data, like you don't have to be an alcoholic forever. You you maybe have a problem and then you can resolve it. Um, you can get sober. There's so many different things, and it's the same with an like an eating disorder. It's like yeah, maybe you have that for a period of time, but that doesn't mean that you're you're stuck with it for life. Right, right. And I think like another thing people need to understand like. I think an eating disorder is just like someone's physical appearance of like gaining or losing weight. No, a lot of eating disorders are very mental. Oh yeah. And that's even, everything is taxing, but the ones that are mental are so taxing on someone, especially when they have to be like a high functioning person, like they're battling demons on the daily and have to be completely normal 24 seven when their brain is not letting them enjoy like their morning bagel when they have like probably 10 calls they have to handle in the morning. It's crazy. So, you know, it's again, it's like part of our society with labels. There's people who just are so uneducated on so many things. It's like, okay, then don't say anything. Like you don't know what, okay, that person is suffering with their food or whatever. Okay. But who are you to sit there and talk? What do you know about what they're going through? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, I 
Well, thank you so much for being so raw and opening up about this. Like, you're welcome. I wasn't, uh, not gonna lie, I wasn't as, I wasn't expecting that for myself, but I think because this topic hits me so hard and I'm still, like, I feel like I'm proud of myself. I've come a long way. I'm still dealing with a lot of it. Yeah. I'm actually, this is something we'll be open to talk about even further because I, can only imagine other people who are who are battling it so severely and yeah. don't know that like there is a way you can be okay and you don't have to go through it any like there's there are solutions like I said in the beginning of the call there's solutions to every problem there really is, there is. Like, yeah. there's the feeling of feeling like hopeless but like you got it like there's always a way there's yeah. always a way it's so, so true and yeah i I didn't know that we were going to talk about this either, but it is yeah. such a dear, um, it's very raw for me too. And so maybe we can do a part two and we can like really deep dive into, into that a little bit more. Um, yeah, I would love to, I'm open to it. <laughs> so I do want to get back to, um, the sidelines a little bit. I asked you about like some people that you've you've interviewed, but I want to know what, who has been like someone you've interviewed or I don't oh know my God, this is that you're like hard one. top, like, yeah, like your, your top person so far. Oh my God. This is a hard question, Jess. And I also don't know if I want to say, because I loved all of them. They're all so like dear to me. Uh, can I see you? Since no. <laughs> um, oh my God, no. I am thinking. Okay, this is, this is hard. There's been a lot of MVPs. Um, uh, this is a little bit. Okay, who is, who, who is like your dream? Dream. Like dream person to interview? Dream MVP, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, one I'm going to say that doesn't really have to deal with like health and wellness would be, um, Amal Clooney because she is just any, like, I just look mm. up to her. I think she's like yeah. a queen. I think she's just phenomenal. Um, truly an icon. Um, I think, you know what? People might judge me for this, but I really don't care. I would actually interview Kim Kardashian. She would be my ideal MVP. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. She has built like billion dollar companies, right? Yeah. She has done the health and well. She's done everything. She, I would love to just pick her brain and actually just like get the truth, the raw details, if it would be possible, on just like the fitness, the health of everything in her life. Because yeah. she's such an iconic human being of like, Kim Kardashian shaved her head. I bet you half the country would shave their head. Like oh, she's just like yeah. that money, you know, she moves, you know, she can shift trends like that. So I guess my question to her would kind of be like, does she understand the grasp on society that she has? How like mm -hmm. her weight loss, like she got so much heat about the Marilyn Monroe at the Met Gala, like, and then they're like, oh, it's so Zempic, it's this and that. Like, does she understand, like, the craze that she starts with health? Yeah. I think that's kind of the angle I would take from it. 
Um, and then kind of shifts into how she built, like, now she has, like, skin that, like, her skincare brand, whatever it might be. But I would really angle it specifically on health. Yeah. Because people look at her for that. They really do. And, like, mm-hmm. she's such a, you know, they'll always make, oh, she lost so much this and that. People, like, have started rumors about how she got so skinny. And it's kind of kind of diving deep into that. I mean, how truthful can it get? Who knows? But that would be um, kind of like a dream or, like, a very interesting, I'd rather say, I wouldn't say dream, but a very interesting MVP to have in the interview. Oh, yeah. I would love to know her daily everything like skincare what food she's eating what workouts like what she's actually doing and not just like what the vogue article says like this is kim kardashian's (laughs) yeah i would like like five step routine yeah i want like from her here's what i actually do here's what time i wake up blah 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 like all of it i would love that and i would also love to know how her relationship with food, exercise, body image, all of that, like, has fluctuated throughout her life. I think that would be exactly. super interesting. I think that would, that would be amazing. And I think for athlete, sorry, this is like, I would do, oh my God, easy, Serena Williams. Serena yeah. Williams and then... <laughs> Michael Jordan, I mean, being from Chicago, obviously Michael Jordan would just like love that. But then I want it, Serena Williams, I'm like so fascinated by her because I mean, she's incredible, obviously, but I'm interested to see where she's going to go post tennis, like what shift she's going to take because she is, she's a global superstar, like she's incredible. So it'd be very interesting to see what's like next for her. Totally. Yeah. I mean, probably... The world is her oyster. I mean, she the can world really is literally her oyster. <laughs> she can do anything. It's crazy. So I think those, you know, three would be, well, four, including them all. So like four would be pretty, very, very cool to interview. Yeah. What do you yeah. think is next for the sidelines? You kind of mentioned like maybe having some more like a website or something yeah. like that where you can find all of the newsletters but yeah like what do you see I think so definitely our main priority is like continuing to grow our subscribers and then continuing to grow our social platforms organically like only organically which has been great can I can I pause for a second how do you how (laughs) what's been the strategy there because I know firsthand it is very challenging to grow social so challenging oh it's literally just it's just word of mouth it's connecting people it's following people it's dming people it's you know having our contributors also on their and their family and friends our family and friends and it's like word of mouth and it's our mvps as well or it's like the brands will partner with they'll post on theirs and that's how you grow so as i said it's very organic excuse me very organic we haven't necessarily like cost you know thousands and thousands of dollars towards like the marketing and like strategy which is one of the goals down the line but as of right now it's all organic and it's actually been pretty fun is a little bit of a struggle yes it's been fun it's been great um but that's kind of how it is it's literally just like word of mouth and when I was in grad school too you know a lot of my classes were 
um, very business like oriented. They're like, oh, raise your hand if like you ever started a business. And I would talk about the sidelines. And there you go. Like we would sit and mm, we would talk about yeah. it. So it was great. It's really word of mouth networking. It's simply networking. Yeah. It's not easy. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So, so growing social, you were, what else? Yeah. What else okay. Is- so growing social is a huge thing that would hopefully translate into growing our subscription numbers. And then eventually kind of would love one of our biggest things we would love to do, which is going to be something in the works. We have a long list of MVPs, a long list, incredible male and females, just like amazing people. And Meg and I are both New York based and would love to one day eventually get all our MVPs in a room and kind of create mm-hmm. a forum. And I think that would be it's like one of the best things. And um, I would love you know, that. Rikish, yeah, I, love I know. That. I think it's a great concept. So it's um, kind of like ricocheting off of that is something and just partnering with like really cool bands and then eventually starting to generate more revenue and then, you know, long term in front of investors. Yeah. So, you know, and everything takes time. I mean, Rome wasn't built overnight. So do you first see it sort of like staying as a newsletter and then having maybe like a website archive or do you see it turning into more of like, I don't know, a like, like a, a blog sort of thing or a, I don't know, like a, an actual um, yeah. magazine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, Right now, the newsletter has been doing great. I think yeah. a website would depend on what else we want to add to the newsletter, yeah. I guess. You know, you don't want to have too many moving parts, and you don't want to shift from the original foundation necessarily mm-hmm. and concept. So maybe a podcast down the line like our interviews mm. with the MVPs would translate into a podcast yeah. instead of doing it in the article, like article newsletter format. So that's stuff that's like, you know, we tap, you know, we'll, we're thinking of tapping into, but nothing immediate, nothing yeah. immediate. I think that's smart. Well, yeah. you and Meg are absolutely killing it. So Thank it's you. at the, it's at the sidelines. What is it on Instagram? So it's at the sidelines and it's like two underscores, I believe. And that should be it. Yeah. I think you have that or I can like share it with you or whatever. I do. I just want to, I want everyone to go follow you now. Yeah. Everyone follow (laughs) the sidelines. It's like a green ass, like a white background. It's great. Bye women for all. Subscribe, follow. Um, And what is your, your website so people can sign up for the newsletter? It's um, the it's like the and then a hyphen sideline.com. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want us to know that you want to Ooh. share, Dana? Well, I feel like I just laid out my whole life a little. <laughs> um, no, it's honestly just, it's been incredible. And like, I'm what you're doing. I'm so excited to like to listen to the rest of like, the series mm. that you have and you know this just proves the point of like why we had you as one of our mvps like exactly this reason um and i would yeah. love like a part two if we want to like dive deeper into other things but yeah. no i think um yeah i think i've said everything i've laid it all out 
you know? Thank you so much for like really opening up and, and showing us, I don't know, a little bit of a deeper side of you and, and being raw. I think we need that more than ever right now in this day and age. And like truly from the bottom of my heart, like I, I really do appreciate that. So thank you. This conversation went so many different places that I didn't think it would go. Yeah. I'm so happy because I, yeah, people like need to hear, need to hear this. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I appreciate being open to saying that with you because it, like you said, you get it and it's not easy, but the whole point of it is to help, it's like to help other people. Exactly. So if me saying that on your helps a few people, then I think I'm good. Yay. Oh, well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, sure. I'll, we'll definitely have to do a part two. Of course. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later, girl. Sounds good. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go leave a rating review wherever you're listening. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram. It is at makemoves underscore pod to stay up to date with the latest episodes, find out about merch and events and all of the things. I will see you next time. Have a great rest of your week.